Bismillah alhamdulillah wassalatu wassalam ala rasulillah nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa man tamassaka bi sunnatihi ila yawmiddin thumma amma ba'd Today's advice is an advice that is extremely alarming We have to pay attention to the mental health of our children. We have to pay attention to the mental health of our children. We have to pay attention to our mental health and that of our brothers and our sisters. There comes a report in NPR, an article that was published by them, which is entitled, American Muslims are two times more likely to have attempted suicide than other groups. When I first looked at this title, I was alarmed by it. I was alarmed by it because we know the ruling of suicide in our religion. We know how dangerous suicide is. Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in his noble book, وَلَا تَقْتُلُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ and do not kill yourselves. Allah Ta'ala prohibits us from killing ourselves. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he told us what is awaiting the one who kills themselves. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said as it comes in a hadith that's been collected by Imam Muslim, Man qatila nafsa, whoever kills himself, bishayin, with anything, bihi fi nari jahannam, that Allah would punish that person with the means in which they killed themselves in the fire of hell. I want you to pay attention to this. The Prophet ﷺ is informing us that whoever kills themselves, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will punish them in the hellfire with the very same means in which they killed themselves. So as the ulama, they mentioned, if a person were to stab themselves to death, then this person will be punished in the hellfire by repeatedly stabbing themselves over and over and over and over and over. If a person jumped off a building in the hellfire, repeatedly punished by jumping off building over and over and over and over. So suicide is not the solution. It is not the solution, especially for whatever it is we're going through in the dunya, because what we experience here in this dunya is temporary. It's not forever. It's temporary. It's not forever. It's not permanent. But killing oneself is permanent. There's no undoing that. So this, so this study and or this article that was based on a study, it was very alarming. It was very troubled. It was very troubling. Any parent, any community leader, any person with a heart. When they hear this, they should be scared. They should be alarmed. They should be disturbed. It's very disturbing. In any event, in this report, it mentions, it says that Muslims are two times more likely to have attempted suicide compared with other religious groups. Now, this is according to a study that was published in July of 2021. It was published in July of 2021. 
and it came inside of or published by Gemma Psychiatry. It states that nearly 8%, 8% of Muslims in the survey reported a suicide attempt in their lifetime compared to 6% of Catholics and 5% of Protestants and 3.6% of Jewish respondents. So out of the Catholics, the Protestants and the Jews, the Muslims were a whopping 8%. The Catholics only being six, the Protestants only being five, and the Jews only being 3.6%. The Muslims were 8% to have attempted suicide in their lifetime. This is extremely troublesome. The, the study goes on and it mentions anecdotally in a clinical setting, we're definitely seeing an uptake in suicides and suicide attempts. As Dr. Rania Awad, or Rania Awad, if I'm pronouncing her name correctly, as she told this reporter from NPR, and she is the, the director of the Muslim Mental Health and Islamic Psychology Lab at Stanford University. I just want you to really pay attention and understand the critical situation that we are under right now. There is definitely a disconnection and it is our job as concerned individuals. It is our job as leaders of communities. It is our job as members of communities. It is our job as parents that we investigate and we examine and try to figure out what this disconnection is and how best could it be remedied. Now, I would offer to you what I see as being part of the problem. And I hope I'm wrong. And please do correct me if I am wrong. But a part of the problem is that when it comes to quality Islamic instruction and education, it is lacking. It is lacking in the Muslim community overall. When it comes to studying the religion and having a good understanding of the Quran, a good understanding of the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and striving to implement it and to practice it and to have our lives shaped and molded by the guidance, you find a disconnection when it comes to the Muslims. The attempts and what we have in many communities as far as education, it is superficial at best. 
The children, they come and they memorize Quran. But it often, in many cases, they have no idea of the meanings of that in which they're memorizing. Because we have reached a time frame where people put their emphasis on memorizing. Whereas with the Sahaba, the emphasis was, was, was put on understanding. The emphasis was on understanding. And they will memorize as a means to help them understand so that they may act in accordance to. Memorization, it was just a tool. It was just a means. It was not the end. But the end goal was to implement, to act in accordance to, to understand and act in accordance to. We don't find this being the case. Where we have individuals who are hufad of Quran and we take great pride in them. But many of them have no idea of the guidance that they are carrying. They don't even understand that which they could so beautifully recite. So how is it going to affect them? How is it going to change their lives? How is it going to benefit them? They can recite it beautifully, but they have no idea what it means. And the Prophet ﷺ, he informed us, the Qur'an will be either a proof for you or a proof against you. A proof for you if you study it, memorize it, learn it, and you what? And you act in accordance to it. It will be a proof for you. If you do not act in accordance to it, then it will be a proof against you. If you don't understand the guidance contained therein, it will not benefit you. This is part and parcel the reason we have this disconnection. We are indulging and spending our times in fruitless pursuits. We are spending our time in entertaining ourselves, chasing after the glitter of this world. All of it to our detriment, not learning those essential lessons that we need to learn, not making sure that the institutions by way in which will teach our children and ourselves this vital knowledge. They're not there. We're not spending our efforts and our energies into making sure that they are established and supporting them and so on and so forth. No. It is enough for us that we send our children to the to, to the masjid on the weekends. Go ahead, learn some Quran. Learn some rudimentary Islamic studies. And we think that's it. That's not going to help them with the problems of the world. That's not going to help them with the doubts that will be cast at them. That's not going to help them with the crises of faith that many of our children are having. They're having an existential crisis. So you find as a result, some of our children that have gone off to colleges and some of yeah, I mean, us who have gone off to colleges, universities, and so on and so forth, and become these intellectuals, it results in them becoming agnostic because questions come up that they can't answer. Not to say that these things cannot be answered because in many cases, these things are easily answered. In many cases, these doubts are from the most superficial and weakest of doubts. They have 
can easily be answered, easily overcome. But they're not equipped. So they can't handle them. So they end up taking them out. So they become agnostic or they become an atheist or they turn their backs on Islam and leave Islam. Why? Because they don't have the tools of knowledge that are needed to maneuver in this modern society. You know what? They don't have the tools of they don't have the tools needed to maneuver in any society, modern or not. Any time frame, any era. They don't have the tools needed to survive. They don't have the tools needed to hold on to their religion. They don't have the tools needed to throw away these doubts. They don't have the tools needed to throw away these whispers of the shaitan. They don't have these tools. Why? Because our enemy, the shaitan, has made sure that we invest our time in frivolous pursuits, in, in, in entertainment, and in things that do not help us, but actually destroy us and are a hindrance and keep us away from that which will truly benefit us. So things like social media become the yani, what we put the bulk of our, our free time into. Looking at this and looking at that. TikTok and Twitter and uh, YouTube and so on and so all of these things that we spend our time doing. Not studying our religion. Not learning Surah Al-Fatiha. What are the meanings of Surah Al-Fatiha? We recite it in every unit of prayer. But if yet, yeah, if you ask them, many of the Muslims, what are, what are the detailed meanings of Surah Al-Fatiha? They don't know. But knowing that is that which will help you what? Help you not try to kill yourself. When you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is Maliki Yawmiddin. He is the owner of the Day of Judgment. With Maliki Yawmiddin and He is the King of the Day of Judgment. You will know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the one who will judge you. He is the one who will take what is due. He is the one who will judge you for what you have done in this life. This will necessitate fear. Anybody who knows that we are returning unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then they will know killing themselves is not an option. How am I going to stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala having killed myself, taken my life, which I did not have the right to take, and now I have to stand in front of Allah who has given me that life and explain why I took my life. Now I'm going to be judged in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we truly understood You alone, you alone do we worship and you alone do we seek help in. You alone do we seek your help. Then they will know that there is no situation ever except that they should turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because everything is easy for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For us, some things, some, some, some problems are little and some problems are big. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all problems are easy. So if there is anything that we are going through, we take it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will be our aid. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will assist us. You alone we worship, you alone we seek help in. 
how is the person who committed suicide going to be able to stand in front of Allah and say that they asked for his help when they took it upon themselves to kill themselves for a situation that was easily changed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Help yourself. Help yourself when dealing with difficulties, with patience and prayer. If we understood Surah Al-Fatiha, we won't try to kill ourselves. But the problem is we don't have understanding of the vital things. So it leads to all type of crises existential and otherwise. It leads to all type of calamities. It leads to people doubting their faith. It leads to people doubting their purpose here. Even though Allah Ta'ala tells us, I did not create the jinn nor the mankind except for them to worship me. This is our purpose, to establish the ibadah for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you have the strong faith, when you have the correct creed, this will help you maneuver all of the problems of life because you will know that there is nothing in this life except that is temporary. Good times come and good times go. Bad times come and bad times go. They disappear. Nothing in this world lasts forever. This world is temporary. This world is not the goal. This world is not our final place of rest. This world is not the reward. The reward is in the hereafter. We are moving to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are returning unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. We belong unto Allah and unto Allah is our return. The believer understands this. They know this in depth and in detail. They know what is entailed by this. They know that we're going to be tested in this world with all types of, 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 of difficulties, calamities, trials, and tribulations. This is the nature of this world. But just as trials come, trials will leave. Just as hard times come, good times will come. Hard times come and then hard times leave. Good times come. Verily, with difficulty, there is relief. The believer understands this when they understand the book of Allah, when they understand the guidance, when they understand the sunnah of the Prophet, when they understand what the Sahaba were upon. When you look to the biographies of the prophets and you see their lives, you see, for example, Ayyub and what he went through from trials and tribulations when it came to sickness, then you will realize that no matter what sickness touch you, better have gone through worse. When you look at how the Prophet ﷺ was ostracized by his people, how Ibrahim ﷺ was ostracized by his people, no matter what ostracization has reached you, you will realize that what better have gone through worse. And this will give you solace because you will know better have gone through worse 
This is how they were able to weather those storms. This is how we will be able to weather, weather the storms that will come to us in our lives. That were just rainstorms. They went through hurricanes. And they were they held, they held fast and steady. We go through a drizzle and we and we think that it's the worst thing ever. We cannot take it. But when we have a good understanding of the biographies of the prophets and the messengers, what they have gone through in their lives, it will help us maneuver whatever we may encounter in our life. The guidance is there, but there is a disconnection. Now, I didn't intend to make this too long, but there's so many aspects. This is so multi-layered that I can go on and on and on and on. There's so many key components needed that we need as communities that I can go on and on and on. Bismillahi ta'ala. If I did nothing more but draw your attention to this alarming situation. If I did nothing more than motivate you to start to really look into establishing those real communities, establishing those real centers of learning, establishing those real centers of learning, those real centers of learning, my brothers, my sisters, that is going to concentrate on our belief, on Aqidah, not like those individuals who tell you, don't talk about Aqidah because it is divisive. They say, don't talk about Aqidah because it is divisive. Don't talk about faith. Don't talk about our belief. Don't talk about our creed. Our creed is divisive. If I don't talk about it, you don't talk about it. No one talks about it. When are we going to learn about it? When are we going to study it? Because what's going to keep a person afloat? What's going to keep a person from not trying to kill themselves is what? Is their creed? Is their belief? If they have never studied their belief because you call it divisive, how are they going to be equipped to handle the onslaught of life? But Aqid is divisive, right? And you think that what you're saying is the solution? Anyone who says that, by Allah, is an ignorant devil, is an ignorant shaitan, because only shaitan will want you to dearm yourself, to strip yourself of all your weaponry, by a way in which you can yield in the fight against him. You remove the true aqidah, the true methodology. You remove the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You remove having a concern to study and to learn the Quran and you replace that with music you remove Allah's remembrance and replace that with social media and wasting your time with entertainment and movies and so on and so forth. 
You remove learning about creed to have someone tell you stories and to entertain you and to give you a bunch of fluff. You remove what you need and replace it with that which is destroying you. Then you're an easy victim for shaitan. So anybody who helps and aids in that, yes, is a shaitan. We have to pay attention to our mental health. We have to pay attention to the mental health of our children. How do we deal with depression? There is guidance inside the Quran and the Sunnah. In the way of the Salaf that will help us deal with depression. In any event, if anyone is feeling that they are in crisis, having thoughts of killing themselves, I beg you, please reach out to the religious establishment. Please reach out to the imams of your masajid, the administrators of your masajid, the close friends who you know have concern for you. Reach out to your brothers and your sisters. Let them know that you are going through a crisis. Reach out to those professionals who are equipped, who are equipped to help you. Reach out, talk to someone, seek help. Anyone, anyone, any Muslim, anyone who hears this and they feel like they need to talk and reach out, reach out to me. I will help you as best I can and point you in the direction of those who can perhaps help you better. But reach out. You have a brother in me. I will help you to the best of my ability. If I have it, you have it. You're not by yourself. You're never by yourself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's watching you. He sees you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will aid and help you. You have to turn to him. You have to turn to him. In any event, you're not alone. Reach out. Bismillah ta'ala. I hope everyone who has heard this has taken this extremely seriously. I hope that they have been alarmed and outraged as I have been alarmed and outraged by these the statistics. And we have, to, we have to work hard to turn this around. I apologize for going longer, way longer than what I had intended. We'll leave it there. Illa liqa. Astaghdirakumullah. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.